Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey, if you've got your Bibles this morning, I want to share a Father's Day message. I know that's not a shock to anybody, being that it is Father's Day. But you know, a great place... To start a Father's Day message, I think, a Father's Day conversation is, uh, why? Why am I a father? Why fatherhood? I mean, because look, guys, if we'll really do this this morning, if we'll really step back for a minute and look what's involved in fatherhood, um, I mean, let's be real honest, let's be real, 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 real transparent this morning. Kids make a lot of messes. I mean, think about it, fatherhood. A lot of messes. Um, they take a lot of time, right? Money. When they're born, what happens? Um, you pull out your wallet and you start giving money, and you keep giving it, and you keep giving it. And maybe when you're having your first one, you're thinking, okay, by the time they get to be teenagers, the diapers will be gone, the formula will be gone, it'll be great. Um, and then you realize, no, it doesn't get any better because now you're buying insurance, you're paying for cars, gasoline, right? And, and you're hoping, okay, when they get to be 18, 19, 20, and they're on their own, maybe, maybe it'll cost me less money, but I don't know that it ever changes, right? The fatherhood, why, why do we do that? And if we're going to be completely honest this morning, if you're hearing your kid, please don't take this. You've got to hear the whole what I'm saying, okay? Not just a piece, but um, I, we love you. I love my kids. If my kids were sitting here, and I, I hope maybe they're even online with us this morning sometimes they're annoying irritating frustrating bothersome you don't have to raise your hands moms and dads so why do we do this i think fatherhood maybe is one of the hardest matter of fact i think fatherhood probably is the hardest job there is to have except maybe motherhood right I, motherhood moms you you got the top tier all right you've got the hardest job ever but us dads we probably come in a close second so why do we do this so let me tell you this morning why i'm a dad because there really is a good reason. There is a reason that I'm a dad. Actually, there's three reasons I want to share with you this morning. The first one is this. By being a dad, I have the ability to make somebody's life better. Now listen, maybe, maybe there's somebody um, watching our live feed or here that you don't care about making somebody's life better, but I'll be honest with you, I've probably never really met very many of those people. I mean, unless you're like a complete narcissist and the whole world revolves around you and only you, we all want to have the ability to make somebody's life better. And by being a dad, I have the ability to make somebody's life better, my kid's life better. My, my dad, my dad, who's passed away uh, now for quite a few years, you know, he, he had some strengths and he had some weaknesses along the way. But one of the strengths was he always said to his sons, guys, and I don't know that he ever, ever, ever specifically came out and said these exact words, but my understanding, and I, I think what he tried to convey was, I want you guys to do better in life than I've ever done. Now, my dad had, like I said, strengths and weaknesses and, and, and all of that. Um, but the one thing he did offer us was I, he taught us we could do what we wanted to do, be what we wanted to be. And he was the guy, he was always, I never had to question at the end of the day, is my dad going to be there? Because he always was. I never had to question at the beginning of the day, is my dad going to get up today and go to work? Because he always did. And, and I think one of the things my dad instilled in me was um, live a life in such a way, live my life in such a way, he lived his life in such a way that he made things better for me. And I tr I've tried to live my life in a, such a way that I've made 
things or set my sons up to be able to have a better life. And I, I don't understand. I've known a handful of parents over the years, and I don't understand this, but I've known a handful of parents over the years that um, they almost get angry. They get, they're, they're almost jealous. They get angry um, when their kids do better than they do. And I'll be honest, I don't understand, I don't understand that mindset, but I, I've, I've observed it. I want my sons to do better. And, and I've, I have actually had this conversation with both of them more than one time that, guys, I, I'm so happy that in life you're more successful. You're, you're financially better set. You're sitting in a better place at a younger age than I was. Um, and I want you to pass it on to your kids. I want you to set my grandkids up to do better than you've done. You understand what I'm saying this morning? You know, it's, it's been something that intrigues me, uh, and, and those of you that have been around for a while have probably heard me talk about this enough to, to kind of get it, but it, it intrigues me how, how things get passed from generation to generation to generation to generation, and I, I've always had this little bit of historical bent to me, so I, I, it intrigues me. How, why, why was George Washington George Washington? Why was uh, uh, John Adams John Adams, James Madison, and and, and Monroe and all of our founding fathers, what was it that allowed them to be the people of wealth, the people of power, the people of knowledge, the people of ability, the people of character, that, that they were able to create this, this country that we have today? What, what was it that allowed that to happen? Pastor Scotty, I may have to get you to help me here. We just dropped offline. We're back on, um, so you're fine. Hang tight right there, um, but I may give you a nod in a second, okay? We'll keep an eye on that. John Adams. Let me just talk about John Adams for a, a, a little bit. John Adams, um, he was the second president of the United States. Did you all know that his family, his family was actually in America all the way back in the 1600s? So by the time John Adams rolled around, the guy that became the second president of the United States, he already had like four or five generations in this country that had been here. His, I don't know if it was a great, great, great grandfather, exactly what the generational connection would have been, but somewhere multiple generations back in the 1600s had already come to this nation, put down his roots, begin to build wealth, begin to, be, begin to develop business, begin to, to, to create power, if you would, begin to be an influence, which he made things better for his son, who made things better for his son, who made things better for his son, till we get to John Adams. Why, why, why am I a dad? I'm a dad because I, I, I want to make somebody's life better, and my kids are a great place to do that. Now listen to me. I talk about wealth. I talk about power, but it's not just a wealth-power thing. I want my kids to have a stronger marriage than I've ever had. I've had a good marriage. I just want them to have a better one. I want my kids to have a stronger family than I've ever had, and I've got a good family and had a good family. I just want them to have a better one because I, I see when we invest in our kids, Dads, when you invest in your kids, well, you're, you're not only influencing them, but you're influencing those generations that are to come. Why am I a dad? I'm a dad because I want to make somebody's life better. Uh, why am I a dad? I'm a, I'm a dad because this, this is what I, I find out about men in general. Um, I, I don't know that I've really ever met a man that in some way or other doesn't kind of hit this, um, this characteristic. We like to build things, Right? We, we like to build. Now, it takes different forms. Some would call it building. Some, for some, it's more creation. But we all like to build something. For some of us, it, it, it it's develops in the form of lawn care. We, we want, I, always, I told my wife when I moved into the subdivision we live in now, I said, I have never really been that guy that doesn't want any weeds and has to have a green lawn and, and, and in the lawn wars. You, you know what I mean? I've never been that guy. But here I am six years later, and I'm the guy that's running the edger, that's putting down the, the, the weed killer, that's putting the fertilizer down three times a year, that's out there with the, with the sprinkler. Because here's the thing, if I, I, I feel like I want to have a nice lawn, and if I'm going to have a nice lawn, then I'm going to have the best lawn. 
You, you guys understand what I'm saying? If you're going to do it, do it. The, I, don't, I don't want second place. There's a comp, competitive piece of us, but, but it's also the way we, 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 we build. We all have something in us that wants to build. For some of you guys, it's construction. For some of you guys, it, it's automotive. You want to build a car. You want to uh, repair an old car. It's, it's remodeling. My dad was a remodeler. I can't remember a time in my life living at home when my house that I lived in that my dad owned was not in the process of being remodeled somewhere. It was a basement was being dug, a wing was being added on, on a porch was being added on, a garage was being, there's always something, always. Now, listen, um, some people take the whole lawn thing, I think you saw it up there a minute ago, the whole lawn thing a little too far. Um, yeah, there it is. The lawn mower is my stallion, and so they call me the lawn ranger. If you're there, maybe that's a little too far. But before you get too judgmental on me, okay, if you're out there on, on the feed this morning, don't get too judgmental on me because I just, just hear this, okay? Go back with me to Genesis chapter 2. God created the heavens and the earth and created the garden. And where did he put man? In the garden, on the lawn. And what did he tell man to do? Care for it and tend it. From the very beginning, pre-fall, we were told, you need to have a great lawn. Adam was told, you need a great lawn. Adam, I want you to take care of that. I want the right kind of grass, right? And, and I'll go even further than that, even post-fall. Let me show you how, how much into our DNA, guys, this is. Even post-fall, you remember leading up to the Tower of Babel, Genesis 6, is it, I believe? What did God do? He come down. He came down and saw man, men, men, man had got, got together, and they said, hey, let's build a tower up to heaven. What did they want to do? They wanted to build. Now, except they, after the fall, they want to build it up to heaven and be like God. And he said, no, we're not... We're not going to have that. So it's in our DNA to build. And here's the thing I want, uh, the connection I want to make this morning is, listen, guys, I'm a dad because I want to make somebody's life better. But I'm also a dad because the best, most powerful thing in this world I can build is my kids. In fact, when I build my kids up, it's the most like God that I can ever be. Think about it with me. What did God do? He created us. Dad, you created those children. Uh, he, he gave boundaries. Dad, you give boundaries to those kids, right? He disciplined those kids. When you build your kids up as a good father, you're as close to God as you can pro pro probably get in a good way. Why am I a dad? I'm a dad. I'm a dad because I want to make somebody's life better. I'm a dad because I want to build. But there's one other reason I want to give you this morning that I'm a dad. It's because I want to leave something beyond myself. Does that make sense? I'm 54. I don't know when I started thinking about death seriously. I mean, I've always been aware. We all know we're going to die someday, right? But there comes a point in our life where all of a sudden it's not something that's going to happen someday or always happens to the other guy. You wake up one day and you realize, oh, wow, that really is going to happen to me. And then, and, and then I, in my more morbid moments, I begin to think, you wait two generations and nobody's even going to remember my name. My grandfather on my dad's side he died in 1965. I was born in 1966. Never met him. Know nothing, almost nothing about him whatsoever. And you let my generation pass away and my kids' generations pass away, and now we're into my grandkids. They will have no memory of my dad. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, somewhere along the way, you wake up and you realize, how can I leave something beyond myself that will last? Being a dad lets me do that. Let me, let me just tell you a couple of stories here. The, Jonathan Edwards, um, and I bring him up. There's two guys I want to talk about real briefly. 
Jonathan Edwards is the first one because uh, somebody did a really deep study of him. Jonathan Edwards is a preacher back in the 1700s, about 1703, I think he was born in Connecticut here in the United States. At 13, he attended Yale University. Very smart guy, okay? At 13, he attended Yale. Uh, he went on at a young, as a young man to become, actually become the president of what today is Princeton University. So a very smart man, a very busy man. He preached, he traveled. Uh, he was in a, back in a day when it was really hard to travel. That was Jonathan Edwards. Um, he made a decision. He sat down when he was in his 20s and he wrote out a list of resolutions. And one of those resolutions was at the end of every day, I'm going to stop and I'm going to look back through my day and I'm going to ask myself, what in my day could I have done better? And I'm going to write it down. And he lived his life, his entire life, he lived that way. And, and he was a man that had a lot of influence through his preaching and his writing and, and, and his leadership. But the place that he's probably the most proud of was none of those things. You know what it was? It was in his role as father. He had 11 kids. 11. And when he made that resolution, a part of the resolutions that he wrote down that day that I'm going to accomplish was this. Every day I will spend at least one hour with my kids because I want to invest in their lives. And he was so, he was so adamant about this that if he missed a day because he had to travel or he missed a day because he was away preaching, when he came back, he worked extremely hard to actually make up those hours spent with his kids. Now, now, now let, me, let me tell you the power of being that kind of dad. Let me tell you the power uh, this man exerted, not only over his immediate kids' lives, but those that came after. Benjamin Warfield was a, is a scholar, was a scholar that did a really in-depth study of Jonathan Edwards, and this is what he found out. He charted 1,394 descendants of this guy, okay? He tracked them, sons, grandsons, daughters, granddaughters, whatever. This is what he found out of, of the known descendants of Jonathan Edwards. 13 became college presidents. 65 became college professors. 30 became judges. 100 became lawyers. 60 physicians. 75 army and navy officers. 100 became pastors. 60 authors of prominence. Three were United States senators, 80 public servants in other capacities, including governors and ministers to foreign countries, and one vice president. You talk about leaving something beyond yourself. Why am I a dad? I'm a dad because I want to make somebody's life better. I, I, I'm, I'm a dad because I want to build something, but I'm also a dad because I want to leave something beyond myself. And I want you to get this, dad. dads. It's not just what you leave in the lives of your kids, but it'll... There's this thing called the five-generation rule, and the idea is, as sociologists talk about this five-generation rule, the idea is that when you invest in your kids and your family, it doesn't just pass on to those kids, but it goes five generations deep. Now, what I want you to see this morning, I don't, I don't want you to miss this piece of it either, okay? It, it's not just one of those things of influence for good, but it also can be influence for bad. This same gentleman that did the research on Jonathan Edwards, as a contrast, at the, at the same time, he did another study on a man by the name of Max Jukes. Now, I don't have a picture of him because I couldn't find one. I don't know that one exists. And, and, but Max Jukes was a man, a contemporary with Jonathan Edwards, lived about the same time, but his life was completely different. Max Jukes was a man who was a known alcoholic who would regularly leave home 
for days at a time and come home on a, on a long drunk. He had very little time, very little patience, very little energy with his kids or his family or his spouse or any of those people. He, that, that was just the life he lived for the entirety of his life. And, and Benjamin Warfield went back and researched his descendants. And this is what he found with regard to this guy, Max Juice. 310 of his ancestors died as paupers. At least 150 were criminals, including seven that were convicted murderers. More than 100 were known drunkards, and half of his female descendants ended up as prostitutes. Wow. Why are we dads? That's the power of fatherhood right there, to be able to invest so much good into your kids' lives if we choose to do it, and, and to plant something that lives beyond ourselves. One of these days I will be dead and in the grave and the only thing left will be a gravestone and someday if, if the world goes on long enough my sons and my grandsons will no longer be on this earth either and there will be nobody left that actually remembers my name or my face unless they come and look at this Facebook live video and actually realize I was there right this is the day we now live in um, but will, what will be existing then is the influence I had that passed from myself to my sons to my grandsons to my great-grandsons to my great-great-grandsons and granddaughters and daughters too. Don't, don't let me miss daughters in there as well, right? Why am I a dad? Well, those are the reasons that I'm a dad. I, I hope out of all that there's something in there that think, makes you think, man, I kind of like that job. It is the hardest job you ever have but I still kind of like it. I'd like to make somebody's life better. I'd like to be able to build something. I'd like to leave something beyond myself. One of the things I find, though, as I, as I look at dads and study God's word is there's some common characteristics, one in particular that all dads have, good dads have, and it comes down to this word, L-O-V-E, love. We all tend to love our kids, and I want to preach this morning, and I want to finish this message up this morning talking about love, but I titled this message this, Love um, Begins with a T. Love begins with a T, not an L, a T. And I want you to see this this morning, and I'm going to take as my text, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Uh, and, and let me just read this with you today. And those of you that are online, if you've got your Bibles, uh, certainly turn there. It's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, and I'm just going to turn here and read it to the congregation. Um, this isn't specifically pointed towards dads, but I think it's very applicable to dads. And this is what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. And see this with me this morning. Love is spelled with a T. Notice what he says in there. He says in verse 7, you shall what? Teach them. Love is spelled with a T. When you teach your kids, you're loving your kids. He goes on and he says, if, if we could just flip back that, to that for a moment, he goes on and he says, not only that, talk to them. Love is spelled with a T. When you talk to your kids, you're loving your kids. And then he says, love is also, what does he say? He says, when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when, all times. And, okay, the words when starts with a W, but we're going to go with time because T's are easy to remember. Talk, right? Teach, talk, and time. Love is spelled with a T. Let me just take a few minutes and talk about each of those uh, before we let you go this morning. Deuteronomy 6-7 there, it, it, it's teach them diligently to your children. 
listen, dads, if, if you want to have the impact like what I'm describing this morning, teach your kids. Say, Pastor Bray, what do you mean teach them? Teach, what, what should I teach them? Well, let me just start with this. Uh, this is just, this is more personal experience and observation than anything else. But, you know, a great place to teach your kids is teach them about what you're passionate about. I, I've got two boys. I, I call Matt, who's in his, um, I tried to get the, I tried to nail it earlier, and Ruthie just shook her head no at me. He's in his um, 30s. I call him the son of my youth. Uh, I was like late teens when he was born, and I was coming out of high school. I had been a wrestler. I had been a football player. Um, so my oldest son, the son of my youth, um, you know what I taught him? That boy knew how to put in a half Nelson at three years old. We spent a lot of time on the floor wrestling. He could, he could run a cradle by the time he was six. And, and those are the things that I taught him because I was passionate about those things. We would drive all the way from northern Indiana uh, to central Indiana to go to the state wrestling match uh, down here just to watch wrestling because that, that, those are the things that I taught him. Now, my, my uh, younger son, who is 27-ish, well, I, that, they're all ish now, 27-ish, um, so I had gained 100 pounds by the time he came along. Yeah, I put on a lot of weight out of high school. I love my wife, and she was good to me in a lot of ways, but not when it come to weight gain. I gained 10 pounds a year every year from the time we got married. And she just shakes her head because she's like, yeah, that wasn't my fault. And she's right, but it's a good story. So by the time he came along, I was trying to decide, do I want to be a full-time pastor or do I want to be an engineer? So I was leaning at that point towards the engineer even in some ways. And so by the time Austin, my youngest son, by the time he was like seven or eight, he could tell you what DNA stood for. Because we talked about this stuff. That, that was what I was passionate about. He could tell you at, at, at seven years old that DNA stood for deoxyribonucleic acid. He could tell you that. He could tell you by the time he was nine, he could tell you what the speed of light is. Did you know the speed of light travels? Light travels at 186,000 miles a second. He could, by the time he was nine years old, he could tell you that. Because, because those were the things that I was passionate about. See, dads, this is the thing. The place to start when it comes to teaching your kids is start by teaching them what you're passionate about. But if you'll do that, if you'll invest in their life, what you'll find out is then you get an opportunity to not only teach them about what you're passionate about, but then you can begin to teach them about what God is passionate about. My dad, he wasn't the teacher, not the formal teacher or the informal teacher. He was, he was not very involved in, in my and my brother's lives in most ways. Um, that was one of the weaknesses. Although he had a lot of strengths, that was a weakness. But one of the things he did teach me was my dad taught me what 4 a.m. was for. Because every day my dad would get out of bed and he would sit at the kitchen table and drink his first cup of coffee at 4 a.m. because my bedroom was right there beside the kitchen. And I, I learned at a very early age that 4 a.m. was to get out of bed to drink your first cup of coffee. And what he would always do is sit there with his Bible open on the table and read God's word. And what he was teaching me was not only what he was passionate about, but more importantly, he was teaching me what God was passionate about, studying the word of God. See, dads, when you invest in your kids and you teach them, teach them what you're passionate about, you get the opportunity then to teach them about what God is passionate about, about loving people, about caring for people, about reading God's word, about worship, about the prayer. You understand what I'm saying? You want to be somebody that's impacting five generations down the road, like Jonathan Edwards, that's a great place to start because love actually does start with a T. It's teach. It's teach. 
The other way that love starts with a T is talk. Now, those of you that know me know that apart from my time preaching, I'm not generally a big talker. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come quickly. I've got to work at it, and it exhausts me to talk. Just too much thinking, okay? I don't mind thinking about DNA and the speed of light, but don't ask me to think about what I need to say next in a conversation. That's the way God put me together. I, I don't apologize for it. Um, I wish I were different sometimes, but then I wouldn't be me, so I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. My, as, as little as I like to talk, can I just tell you, my dad was a hundred times worse. He was absolutely not a talker. So you say, Pastor Bray, talk to my kids. What do I talk to them about? You know, one of the things I regret most about my dad's life is this. He never talked to us about his life. I, I, I don't, the only little bits and pieces I even know of my dad uh, are, are things I've picked up from my mom occasionally or other family members occasionally, and it's very, very, very rare. I, he never talked about himself, and I wish he had been somebody that would have told me the stories of his youth and his younger years. I wasn't born till he was 35 years old, so he had 35 years of life that I know nothing about. I know he served in Korea. I know almost nothing about that other than he was in the Air Force, and I know that's not common for those that are in the military not to want to talk about it, and I get that, but he never talked about his brother that, that died when he was, uh, his younger brother who died when he was just a teenager. He never talked about, um, about the other parts of his life that, I, that were out there. Talk to your kid. Talk to him about your past. No, look, don't, don't, don't talk to him about the crazy stuff. Listen, you men were like me. You had your crazy moments. You did, you've done stupid things. Don't, don't look at me with funny looks. You all have, you don't, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to glorify the stupid moments, but there is a place to tell them about some of the stupid moments that maybe you can keep because you ought to tell them about the consequences, right? Talk to your kids, talk to them about the past, talk to them about the present. You, your kids need to know that you have something going on in your world. Talk, when I, I, I talk to Matt, my oldest son, um, several times a week, he'll call me or I'll call him. Yesterday we talked about uh, steel, uh, steel, S-T-I-H-L, steel, um, uh, weed eaters and edgers, because mine blew up, and I need another one, and I'm, he's got one, and I called and wanted to know what he thought about them, if they were any good, if they were worth the money, because they're not cheap, so we talked about that, so a lot of times we'll talk about what he does for a living, he's, he's a salesman, he sells air conditioning and heating units, we'll call and talk, when, when he had a, cra he had like four crazy weeks here just a month ago, where he, he knocked out, he had more sales in a month than, than I think he's probably ever had in his whole life, we talked about that, my other son who's up north, I call him up, and he, t he just finished his MBA, we talk about, uh, are you going back to school, what, how, how's your college going, we talk about, he's in sales too, I think they both had to get it from their mom, because Sales is not my thing other than trying to sell Jesus, right? Um, but we talk about he, he sells alarm systems. We talk about alarm systems. Talk about what's going on in their world. Because li listen to me, dads, get, get this, okay? Love starts with a T. Teach them and talk to them. And let them know you got some dreams. Do you, do you know that? Your kids need to know you have dreams. But if you're going to give them five minutes sharing your dreams, give them ten minutes to share theirs with you. Fair, right? Does that make sense? Love, love starts with a T. It starts with a T. Gage, my grandson, um, he loves to come to my house. And, and let me just use this as an example of this last one. Uh, love starts with a T, time. It, it, it's, it's what Deuteronomy says. When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise, those are all the times you're supposed to be doing things with your kids, talking to them, teaching them. So so. What am I supposed to spend that time doing? Well, let me just go back to the same thing, dads. When, when you spend time with your kids, 
great place to start is what are you passionate about? Spend time with your kids doing what you're passionate about. You guys know what I'm passionate about, don't you? What, what am I passionate about? Ice cream. Gage comes to my house. My grandson comes to my house. And me and Gage, man, we got a thing going, all right? He shows up at my house, and he knows at 7.30, Paul's getting a Klondike bar. And Paul knows when 7.30 shows up and he gets a Klondike bar, Gage is getting a Klondike bar. And me and Gage spend time together eating Klondike bars. It's a wonderful experience. It makes me happy. It makes Gage happy. It makes Jesus happy. What's that to like? Klondike bars. Also, if you want to spend time with them, find out what they're passionate about and spend time with them doing that. Um, I had boys, so boys were a little easier. My oldest son has a daughter. Um, he's had to learn to do some girly things. He made a choice to do them. I always love watching Steve. Nothing like calling you out, Steve. But I appreciate you, man. You, you are a dad to be an example because I watch the things you do with your kids, your daughters. And I, I've seen him sitting at a little table with a teacup in his hand. On Facebook, right? I mean, it's not like it's something I'm letting the cat out of the bag. It's on Facebook. The world sees it. My wife says, you got to see this. I said, now th and, I, and I, I sincerely say this, now there's a dad. There's a man. Because he's finding things to spend time doing with his kids. Um, Gage, my grandson, comes over. Man, he, he likes to cook. Guys, listen to me. I like to eat. I don't like to cook. I can make toasted cheese. I can make peanut butter and jelly. I can warm up a decent uh, can of Campbell's mushroom soup. Um, I can do, and I would never die or starve to death if I had to make it on my own. It isn't pretty. It isn't healthy. Sometimes it doesn't even taste all that good, but I can, I, I can get by. But I don't like to cook. But when Gage comes over, you know what I do? I'm learning to cook. You know why? Because it's something my grandson is passionate about, and I love to do things with my grandson. So here a few weeks ago, a month or so, he came over. We had a bunch of beef tongues in the freezer that my wife refuses to cook for me. So me and Gage got on YouTube, and we learned how to cook beef tongue. And it was a blast. We boiled that thing, and we boiled it, and we boiled it, and we boiled it, and then we, we skinned it, and, and it was nasty, big old thing. It was so much fun to show Ruthie and carry it around chasing her with it. Um, and then we sliced it up, and we ate it, and I don't know if Gage is watching, but it was good, wasn't it? It was pretty good. Then last two weeks ago, he came over, and you know what we cooked? We made sushi. Sushi. It was good stuff. It was, it was, it was actually so good that I made some that we're taking to the Father's Day get-together this afternoon. Um, sushi. Why? Because, listen to me, love is spelled with a T. It's spelled time. Find the things that you're passionate about and spend those moments doing them with your kids. Because here's the thing, when your kids are little, they don't even know what they're passionate about. And it may be that, that they find out the thing that you're passionate about, they become passionate about. Um, and it may be years down the road before it happens. I, I, I like to use the example of my dad. My dad was passionate about gardening and doing everything organic and composting. And I hated gardening and I hated composting, and I hated all those things. But you know now, at 54 years old, you know what I just built in my backyard this year? A compost and a garden. My wife is so happy that I actually got boards around the compost that used to lay out there just behind our fence now. 
My youngest son comes down and he makes fun of me because it was sitting beside our, our sink in our kitchen is, is a bowl where you put all the coffee grounds and you put all the greenery and, and, and you put all that kind of stuff for your compost and then it goes out on the pile. And my youngest son comes down and looks at that bowl and says, yeah, Dad, you're, uh, you're still working on making dirt, aren't you, Dad? I'm like, yeah. He said, you know you can go to Walmart and buy dirt, right? And I tell him, I'm like, well, yeah, you can go to Walmart and buy dirt, but have you ever seen their dirt? The only person in this world that makes better dirt than me is God. Me and God, we make the top quality dirt. God's got me beat, but we make really good dirt, so just get off me. So I tell him, just leave me alone. Put your coffee grounds in the bowl and shut up. Be quiet. Shut up's a little harsh. Be quiet, all right? Um, I learned that from my dad, and I became passionate about it, I suppose, because my dad, but it took years and years for me to get there. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Love your kids and the way you love them. Spend time with them, doing the things you're passionate about and the things they're passionate about. And when you do that, when you invest in your kids that way, time, you know what will happen? The day will come where all of a sudden you get the chance to teach them what God is passionate about. That's what my dad did with the reading the Bible at 4 a.m. That's what you do when you let your kids see you love the Heavenly Father and see you make a priority of coming to church. That's what you do, dads, when, whenever you let your, your kids see you pray because you've spent time with them, showing them love in the things you're passionate about and they're passionate about. Now, all of a sudden, you can show them the things that God's passionate about. And you become that guy like Jonathan Edwards that not only influences this generation, but that generation and those generations that come after, you're forgotten by name, but your influence carries on. Why are we dads? That's why I'm a dad. That's why I'm a dad. I find this, guys, I, I, I find that when it comes to being a dad and it comes to love, what it really all boils down to in one big um, kind of picture is this. Um, we give of ourselves. We give our time. We give our energy. We give our efforts. Um, we give our money. We give our passion. We get. We talk. All those that we give of ourselves, and 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 as I bring this to an end this morning, guys, I, I I believe that we preach. I always try to preach here for preach for change. I, I always try to preach in a way that if there needs to be steps taken, you can take steps. And I would say this to you this morning: um, if you want to evaluate your dadhood, I don't know if that's good grammar or not, but you get what I'm saying. A great way to do it is ask yourself, what are you giving your kids? When you give yourself to your family, what are you giving them? Are you giving, the, you, them, are you giving them the best part of you? Think about that. When you, what you give to your family at the end of the day, every day, are you, have you given them the best part of you or the worst part of you? Probably the reality is, and what I find more men than any others struggle with is this. It's not that we give our best or our worst, because most of the time we live somewhere in between, but what we end up doing is we give the leftover part of us. Now listen, guys, I know this. You've got to work jobs. You've got lawn to take care of, whether it's super lawn or it's just mowing the grass. We all have busy lives. We all have responsibilities, and as dads, we don't let those responsibilities slip. But I think there's a place in our life where we have to step back and say, is where the majority of my time goes really the most impactful place for it to go? Or would I be better off to do a little less in some of those areas so that when it comes to my family, I could do a little more? And I leave it with, the, with, with that question. What part of yourself are you giving your family at the end of the day? Is it the worst? Is it the best? Or is it the leftovers?
In a lot of ways, it'll always be the leftovers because you've got to work a job. But you know what? The leftovers don't truly have to be the crumbs. They can really be a good, healthy part of your life. It means establishing priorities. It means deciding what really matters. It means realizing that if you want to have a life that impacts beyond just your existence, you may have to change some of those things. We spell love with a T. We spell it with a T. Teach, talk, and time. And dads, I hope, I hope you'll do that. And I appreciate so much those of you that do. And, and I, we've got a great group of dads at this church. Steve, thank, thank you for letting me call you out. Hadn't planned on that. That wasn't in my notes. I just saw you sitting there. I thought, I do appreciate his dadhood. There's always room in all of our lives, including my own, to step back and ask, can I do better? And even in my own life, on a regular basis, I realize I, I probably need to take up Jonathan Edwards' stand of, at the end of every day, look and say, where could I have done better? There are places I could certainly do better. And that's my goal, and I think it is yours too. God, help me to become a better um, worshiper of you, but also a better dad, a better husband, right? I, I think that's a worthy goal for all of us dads today. Would you stand with me? I want to pray this morning. I want to dismiss. I want to pray a blessing over you dads, if I could. I'm just so appreciative, so grateful for you, and uh, the investment that you make in your families and your kids every single day. Just know this, walking out of here today, dads, um, sometimes it may go unnoticed, but it absolutely makes a difference. Absolutely makes a difference. Lord, we love you, and I thank you so much for the dads we have here today. I appreciate them. I appreciate them, and I, I, we, we together, we just give you worship, and thank you for being the great example of a heavenly father that you are and i pray today as we leave this place may you bless every dad every man in this room god those that are dads those that will be dads and and maybe those here today god that are dads um maybe not biologically but they are an influence in a young person's life god i pray your blessing upon them i pray your strength upon them i pray you touch them god i just pray that you empower them to make a difference in this world in jesus name amen amen god bless you guys have yourself a great father's day love you Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.